Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Hey, this week we are starting a new collection of talks um, that we are calling Beauty in Basics. Beauty in basics. And uh, so we're going to be going through some very foundational um, aspects of our faith. That may be some things that if you've been a Christian for a while, maybe you gloss over because it's like, oh, I know that or I hear about it. Um, and it's, and you can gloss over it because I know I have. Or maybe you're just sort of checking out this whole Jesus thing. And this is a great time to be coming and tuning in as well. Because, hey, we're going over some foundationals of our faith and the beauty in them. Because we're seeing beauty in God's work, His design, and uh, that we can walk in and live. So we're talking about beauty of basics. We're going to be covering, like, we're going to be talking about grace, faith, um, covenant, uh, repentance. And then also, but this, this week we're going to be talking about the beauty of salvation. The beauty of salvation. You know, salvation is something that we talk about, we sing about, right? Jesus, my redemption, my salvation, all that stuff, right? I was about to sing, and then I was like, what am I doing? This is broadcast, right? We sing about it. We read through the Bible. We see salvation. We see saved, right? We see it all throughout the Bible. In Romans 8, um, verse 9, it says this, that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So according to the Bible, every single person needs a savior. Because of the original sin of Adam uh, disobeying God, everyone now is born into sin. You're born that way. You're born into a fallen world. And the result of sin is death, is destruction. And so people cannot save themselves. You or I cannot save ourselves. You know, no man-made institution can save us. There is only one savior, one rescuer, rescuer that is motivated by love for you. And his, he brings salvation. His name is Jesus, right? God stepped into time, putting on an earth suit, taking on your sin, my sin, going to the cross, rising again so that we can have salvation. Acts 4.12 tells us that there is only one name for salvation, and that is through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the only way, the truth, and the life. There is only one way. Now, as Christians, we believe in Romans 10, 9 to 10, that says, when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, whoa, all of a sudden, when you believe in your heart that Jesus (laughs) died on the cross, rose again, make him Lord of your life, you are saved. Now, the word saved used here and throughout the whole Bible, the New Testament, is the Greek word. It's uh, soteria. Soteria. Ooh, someone's like, ooh, just sorry, you're going to name your next kid soteria? Sote, maybe. But the salvation, soteria. And that means to save 
or to rescue or to bring deliverance. To save, rescue, or to bring deliverance. And it's used in the context of your welfare, your prosperity, and your safety. And the root word for salvation actually comes from the word savior, the one who delivers. Salvation comes from the root word uh, savior, the one who delivers. So when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you receive salvation. You are saved. You are delivered. You are provided for. You have prosperity, safety. You have salvation. You know, you're saved from sin, the wages of sin, which is death. Jesus took your place. When you receive Jesus as Lord of your life, your eternity is secured. Your eternity with him is secured. And everyone has this opportunity. Everyone can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Salvation isn't earned, not by good works, not by good deeds. You don't get it for being a good person. Salvation is only a gift that is received through Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8, it says this, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Grace, you've been saved by grace, it is a gift. It is a gift. On God's unmerited, unearned favor through faith in Jesus, you have the gift of salvation. And you can, you can only receive salvation... Uh, receive it because it's a gift. You know, as soon as you try and pay for a gift, it's not a gift anymore, right? As soon as you try and pay for it, it is no longer a gift. You're trying to do a transaction, but actually alone, you can't do a transaction. That's the reason why Jesus came is because no uh, card was denied. You didn't qualify, but God did a transaction. The Father and Jesus did a transaction to pay the price. Salvation is a gift. Have you ever received a gift before? Like if you've gotten a gift, um, let me just see, one-handed gift opening. Uh, have you ever received a gift before and uh, it's got like tissue paper in it? It's, it's a good gift uh, by the looks of it. So then you open it up, right? You open it up and you find, oh wow, there's a gift. This is amazing. Wow. And you give a sincere like, Thank you so much. Like heartfelt because like that's what you do because you're a good person. Uh, you're like, thank you so much. This is amazing. And then what you do is then you take the gift bag and, and you put it to the side. And you're like, thank you so much. And then they say, hang on, there's more in there. There's more in there? So you got to go back. You go through the tissue paper. You find more. And sure enough... Whoa, there's further. There's more in there. Wow. It's Christmas theme. There's more in there. And, and you find more. But how many know if you would have just stopped at the first gift, you would have missed out on the fullness of the gift. If you stopped at the first thing, you would have missed out at the, the fullness of what was bought for, what was provided for you, right? And, and I think when it comes to salvation, when it comes to salvation that actually God has given us the gift of salvation, right? This is the gift of salvation. It's in a cool bag you can even put on your back. Um, but uh, it's salvation. And, and the first thing many of us pull out is eternity. We're like, we got eternity. 
This is great. I've got eternity. I'm secure. And then we, sometimes what we can do is we can then take the bag and say, awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative. Like, how many thank you for like eternity with God? I am so thankful. But if you stop at eternity for salvation, you're actually missing out the rest of what is in the gift of salvation. That there's more to salvation than just eternity alone. And that if you stop at eternity, you're going to miss all the other gifts below there. That just like um, when, that, when someone gives you a gift, you need to maybe dig a little deeper to see what's in there. As well, when God gives us salvation through Jesus, we need to dig a little deeper so then we can enjoy the other things that God has in the gift of salvation. You guys following me? Yeah. So then you, 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 you get the gift and you receive it. I like Proverbs 25 too. It says this, it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of King is to search out the matter. Sort of sounds like a gift. I, I, it sort of sounds like a gift to me that God wraps things up for us and then by God's revelation and his spirit, he reveals and so we can see those things, that we can enjoy the greater depths. So the more, uh, because there's more to our salvation than just eternity. Eternity is one part of the, the overall gift. There's a little present of eternity. But there is more than just eternity and salvation. If we stop there, we actually miss out on the fullness of what God has for us. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the Corinth church. And uh, Paul is talking about salvation. He's talking about the gift of God. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he, God the Father, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. When we as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace, grace is a gift, of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now if you notice, up here um, there's quotation marks. Uh, in an acceptable time, I've heard you. And in the time of salvation, I've helped you. Paul is quoting someone. Paul is actually quoting someone uh, from before. Now, the Corinth church might have an advantage than you or I have today. Because they would, uh, maybe you know already, but they would have known in context who he was quoting and the context of what it was. See, Paul was quoting a prophet, the prophet Isaiah, 700 years earlier. And what the prophet had said back 700 years earlier, Paul is saying, now is the day of this. Now is the day of salvation. And in order to grasp the, the implication of, of this scripture for salvation for us, I think we should probably look at uh, maybe metaphorically dig into the tissue paper a bit more and see what else is is in there. So let's go to Paul uh, or Paul's quoting Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49. And when Isaiah is prophesying, this is a time where Israel is in Babylon, they're in captivity. And so he's prophesying about freedom for Babylon or for no, for Israelites, not for ba freedom from Babylon, but it's also a picture of Christ. And a picture of you and I. 
Because the Old Testament is Christ concealed. It's a picture. And the New Testament is Christ revealed. So it's types and shadows always leading it to Jesus. So it's a picture of Jesus. In Isaiah 49, 8, it says this. Or 49, verse 8. In an acceptable time, I've heard you. And in the day of salvation, I've helped you. Huh. We've heard this before. Paul quoted this. So, but the prophet is speaking for God, and then he goes on to what the day of salvation will look like. In verse 8, I will preserve you and give you a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages. Now, the you here in this scripture, you, is actually Jesus. It's not talking about you. It's talking about Jesus, right? Uh, I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people. Jesus is our covenant. Now, as Christians, we have a new covenant, a better covenant with better promises through Jesus, right? We have a better covenant. You will cause them to inherit the desolate places. Jesus causes us to be co-heirs. Because of Jesus, we are now co-heirs with Christ. We uh, we are in, in... in co-heirs with Christ. We are in communion with him. It goes on, verse 9, that you may say to the prisoners, Jesus may say to the prisoners, go forth. Those who are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall, be, they shall feed along the roadsides. All their pastures shall be uh, on all desolate heights. So Jesus, he said, uh, his word is a light to our feet, right? Go from the dark places. Those who are with him will not be in darkness, right? So it's talking about Jesus, that, that you will go to new places, that God has prepared a place for you, new places. So this is talking about what is the day of salvation, So it goes on. They shall neither hunger nor thirst, neither heat nor sun. Oh, I'm feeling it right now. Shall strike them. For he who has mercy on them will lead them. Even by the springs of water, he will guide them. Jesus said that when you come to me, you're no longer going to hunger and thirst. Talking about the day of salvation. Springs of water that will guide them. What is that? That is the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you. Bubbling up. Rivers within bubbling out. He will lead us and guide us. And his mercy. Uh, Verse 11 it says, I will make each of my mountains a road and my highways shall be elevated. Apparently we're all supposed to live in Canmore if you just read it for surface value. But what in the in the Old Testament mountains are where people met God. It was a place, it was a, in the Old Testament, it was the place of the presence of God. In Isaiah 35, 8, it actually describes what highways are. It's a highway of holiness. So it's saying here, because of salvation, the day of salvation will be, you will walk in his presence and in his holiness. That you'll walk in his presence and his holiness. Verse 12, it says, Surely these shall come after. Look, those from the north and the west, and these from the land of Sinim. I I almost said cinnamon, but Sinim. So all those who call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Jesus came for all, right from the north, south, east, west. That's what it's talking about. Then it's saying, party. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, all earth, and break out in singing, O mountains. For the Lord has confirmed, uh, confronted his people and will have mercy on his afflicted. So this is the context 
that the Corinth church would have understood when Paul just did that one little itty bitty quote of the day of salvation. That the day that Paul is talking about, the day of salvation is described as this, if you tuned out when I was reading through it all. It's this, it's complete freedom. Nothing binding you or holding you back or keeping you captive. Having a covenant with God. Inheritance. Taking new ground. Renewal. Uh, led by the Spirit of God, operating in His ways. This is the day of salvation that Jesus brings when, by, by becoming sin, right? What 2 Corinthians 5.21 said, by becoming sin so that you and I can become the righteousness of, of God in Christ Jesus. This is what we get. This is the day of salvation that you and I get to walk in. Now, this salvation speaks of eternity, absolutely, but is also for right now. It's also for right now. See, Second Corinthians, uh, it is written in Greek, right? Uh, so the, the scripture where it says, um, behold, uh, in Second Corinthians 6, 2, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now the Greek, there are two words for time. There's chronos, which is like a sequence of time. Chronos speaks of quantitative time, right? So the time between Paul and Isaiah was 700 years. That would be Chronos. How, if I was to ask you in Greek, how long did you wait for gas at, at Costco? The, the quantitative time, it would be Chronos. The second word for time in Greek is Kairos, a Kairos time. You may have heard of Kairos moment. It is a appointed time, an opportune time. Kairos actually speaks of uh, a qualitative time. It speaks of the quality of the moment. So the word in 2 Corinthians 6-2 is kairos. In other words, appointed. Now is the opportune time. It is the appointed, God-appointed and opportune time. So it could be read like this. Behold, now is the accepted time, kairos, the appointed, opportune time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. See, what Paul is saying is the day of salvation is right now. Not just in the future for eternity, but the appointed time for salvation, for you to walk in and experience salvation is right now. Right now to experience and walk in complete freedom. Right now to experience your inheritance in Christ. Right now to walk in the presence of God. Right now to take new ground. Right now to, to have renewal. Right now to be led by the Spirit of God. See, waiting until eternity... Is like you taking the gift, but you're leaving all those other things that I've listed off in the bag. See, salvation, it comes from Jesus, and we have the opportunity to walk in it and experience it on this side of eternity. Right now, in the Kairos moment. God says, right now is the appointed, the right, the perfect, the right quality of time to experience it. So how does that affect you? Things that hold you captive or bound, maybe fear or anxiety, addiction, maybe destructive habits, maybe ways of thinking, maybe destructive relationships. 
Now is the Kairos moment. It is the right now is the day of your salvation for freedom to come from Jesus in those areas. That right now for Jesus to be Savior in that area of your life and to what the Savior brings salvation in that area, to bring freedom in that area of your life. Maybe it's moving forward, taking new ground, maybe a new business venture, maybe you're stepping out. Um, know what? Right now is the time for the Savior, Jesus, to be Savior and to bring salvation in that area. You're not sure what direction to go. What way should I go with this relationship, with my business, like life choices? God, what do I do with these kids? Right now is the Kairos, the appointed time for Jesus to be Savior to you to bring his salvation, that today is the day of salvation for you in that area. You know, now is the day of salvation to be led by God's spirit. With sickness and disease, today is the day of salvation for Jesus to be savior into your life and bring salvation. Lack in poverty, it could be maybe right away we think of finances, but it could also be finances, yeah, emotional, uh, relational, wisdom. Now is the day of salvation. In other words, now is the time for you to receive Jesus as Savior in that area and for him to be continually saving you in that area. So whatever you're facing, now is the day for Jesus to be Savior in that area right now. The gift of salvation is so much more than just a ticket for eternity. It's so much more than fire insurance. I am not an insurance broker, right? It's great. I love my insurance broker, but I'm not that. Salvation is more than that. Salvation is a gift from God that changes and impacts every area of our life right now and beyond until eternity. See, salvation is not just at the time when you say a prayer and you make Jesus Lord of your life. Salvation is this. It's salvation is Jesus continually being your Savior and bringing, and, and being, uh, bringing salvation now. He's continually being your Savior and today bringing a day of salvation right now. So we as Christians get to walk in right now the day of salvation where Jesus is continually being your savior. You know, self-reliant, being self-reliant is actually opposite to what the Bible says. See, we, we are to continually actually be God-reliant and have him be our savior. Like, God, I need a rescuer here. That's not a weak position. That's a strong position. And, and now, being, being, not being self-reliant it's actually, it seems backwards sometimes to me, especially if you're like me and you're like a make it happen, do it person. If it needs to be done, go get it. It seems backwards. But what would happen if you stopped trying to be the savior in your relationships, in your marriage, in your career? What would happen if you stopped trying to be the savior in 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 your peace or in that situation that, that comes up, what would happen? Instead of being the savior, but instead be God reliant, Jesus reliant and allow him to be savior and for him to bring his now day of salvation in those areas. I believe we would experience what Isaiah said, what he described and prophesied the day of salvation. You know, John 10, 10, Jesus says this, 
The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I've come that you may have life, as Zoe life. There's a, that's a whole other thing that I won't get down the bunny trail of. And that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus came to save you, to be your savior, and continually daily save you, daily give you life. Because outside of him, there is no life. Outside of him, there is no fulfillment. Outside of him, there is not any true life. But with him daily, we get to have him as savior. You and I as Christians, we have the opportunity to daily, metaphorically speaking, go into that tissue paper again. Go into, you could even make it really cheesy and go into your paper, the Bible. And you could, you could really dig into the gift of salvation. Daily, Jesus will bring then salvation to what you need right now. Something comes up, you, you go into, that, into that, that salvation gift of God that is nothing to do with you. I'm so glad it's nothing to do with me. That is a true gift of God that you just receive. And then something comes up and you dig into that situation. You know what? You will find something else. You will find provision that God has for you, right? Uh, something comes up with your family. Man, daily dig into the salvation gift for your family, for your career. Dig into that gift, right? Relationships, your health. Dig into that gift. Your peace. Dig into that gift. Situations. Dig into that gift of salvation. Because today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Can I encourage you as Paul did at the Corinth church? Can I encourage you with this? Is, is this. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace, God's gift uh, of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now, today is the day of your salvation for Jesus to be Savior in your life, in that area of your life. For Him, not just for eternity, but in the nitty-gritty of the daily life, for Him to be your Savior. As I was preparing this, I just I just really felt to, to pray for that, that God would show up and be a savior that as we submit to him submit to him and say Jesus I want you to be the savior in this area of my life I want you to be the savior in this area of my life and I believe God will move would you just close your eyes out of a uh, moment of privacy for those around you if you're here today and you're say I need Jesus to be savior not just for eternity but for right now in my life, in my family, in, in my job, in my in provision, with my kids, with this situation. Would you just raise your hand and we're just gonna pray right now. Just raise your hand of just submitting to him. Father, I thank you 
that you are good and that you made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin, that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ and that today is the day of our salvation, that we get to experience you as Savior daily and we get to receive salvation from you daily, that Jesus, you are the one who saves us. You are the one who brings what we need, the provision, the peace, the restoration. God, you are the one. So Father, today, as we raise our hands and just act to surrender to you, we say, Jesus, you are our savior. Would you be the savior in our life? in this area of our lives, that you would be the Savior and that we would find salvation, fullness of what you have for us, restoration. God, I thank you that you're working in, in families right now to bring restoration in Jesus' name. Father, that you're bringing provision, that you're bringing jobs to people who need jobs. Father, you are the Savior who brings salvation in the area of needing wisdom and insight. Father, I thank you for wisdom, godly wisdom. Father, you are the Savior when it comes to our kids. That you would equip us, you would give us the words, that you would help us, you would be the Savior, and that we'd find salvation in raising our kids for our kids. God, whatever it is, Father, that we just submit it to you right now. We thank you, Jesus, that today is the day of salvation. Today is the appointed time for us to experience your fullness, the finished works of Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.